here we go, here we go. Stepping on the water today again, and I believe this time we're walking on the water. We're walking on the water. Welcome to Dominion Sonship. There's no sinking, there's no sinking, but there's only a glorious resurrection. Welcome to Dominion Sonship. Here we are live again, live and alive in Him, the true life. He is the true life. He is the truth. He is our way. He is the only way to the Father, and He is our life. We have a message today, a message that this week he flipped, he flipped the right way, a message that he, he flipped and, and, and there was a huge readjustment even within my own understanding, a, a flipping of an understanding to, to die to a carnal mindset and to live in the very life of God, to allow the very life of God to communicate truth to us, to allow to allow the very life of God to communicate truth because life speaks today. Life who is Jesus, life, the, the, the Father, life, divine God himself, our life speaks today. And so today we'll speak, we'll endeavor to speak from that which he says to us. For he is a speaker. He is a communicator. He is a life giver. And thus we now are a life-giving speaking spirit unto God and unto man. Let's, let's, um, well, before we, we see where we land in the word here, the title is The Eye That Sees. The Eye That Sees. My last recorded message that I posted was looking at Hagar identifying and God revealing really himself to her as the one that sees, as the one that sees. And we, let's go actually, maybe we'll start there in Genesis 16, Genesis 16, just a little, a little reminder. That message was titled, see the one that sees you. See the one that sees you. The one prior to that was faith is fixed gaze on Jesus. So let's take note of the momentum of the Holy Spirit, even through these titles, these earmarks that he has, he has placed within my own bosom to, to bring out as a divine unraveling of mystery, the very mystery of faith, because we are living in the very mystery of faith. We are living in Christ himself, the hope of glory, the mystery that was hidden throughout the ages that now has been revealed unto us, the church, the church of the firstborn, the church, the church who is his body, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So faith is fixed gaze on Jesus. And of course, we looked at in Hebrews about setting our gaze on him, the author and the finish of our faith. And that truly is what faith looks like. Faith looks like a gaze that is of him unto him. And this gaze of him unto him is what it looks like on our end to see the one that sees me. You see, when I gaze upon the one that sees me, I gaze with his very sight. And that is what, when I become alive unto him. Because what does John, what does um, John 
penned for us the very words of Jesus that you must be born again. And unless you are born again, born from above, born of the spirit of the living God, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless we are born of the spirit, unless we are a recreated spirit man, unless we resemble the image of our master, Conformed we are now, we're walking in this transformation walk to resemble him in a greater manner, to live out his life on earth today. And when we walk this transformative walk, what does that look like? That looks like a brand new gaze, a brand new sight, a brand new hearing, the very hearing of Jesus, the very eyesight of God and so we are now living in the one that sees us we are living in God and so what what happened with Hagar when she ran away from her mistress Sarai that was really dealing very harshly with Hagar in Genesis 16 7 now the angel of the Lord found her found Hagar by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, identification. Where have you come from and where are you going? Where have you come from and where are you going? We have come from heaven and we are going unto heaven. We are born from above and our home is eternal heaven. And so here Hagar says, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress. I'm fleeing from that moment that is very hard for me. I'm fleeing from the hardness of life. I'm fleeing from the harshness of the way of many. What does God communicate through his angel? Go back. Don't flee. Face it. Deal with it. Conquer it. Know who you are, where you've come from, and where you're going. We come further down, and, and, and then at, at that, right after that moment, God speaks to her purpose. Return to your mistress, he says. Submit yourself under her hand. And that he's going to give Hagar descendants. In verse 13. Then she, that is Hagar, called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. El Roy in Hebrew. You are the God who sees. He is the God who sees. What are you going through today? Don't run away from it. Overcome it. Because the conquering one has already overcome it. For she said, have I also here seen him? Have I also here seen him who sees me? Have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well that spring of water in the wilderness that the Lord located her by. Therefore, the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And that, that in my concordance is transcribed as 
literally, the well of the one who lives and sees me. The well of the living one who sees me. And so then we move to, in Chronicles, I believe 2 Chronicles, and look in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. For the eye of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And so we're queuing in. We are queuing in right now. We are now living, take note, through our new birth in Christ. We are now living where? Outside of him, looking unto him, or in him, looking upon him. We are now living in him. We are now living in the eye that sees. You and I in Christ live in the eye that sees. We are beholding through his sight the living one who he is. And therefore, purpose is always communicated to us through his sight. Therefore, a conquering of all situations in my life is found through his sight and through his hearing. Faith. Faith is a gaze. Faith is a hearing. Faith is he himself. Let's go to Galatians. A lot of familiar verses. Let them become reality to us today. Let them become reality to us today. No longer parroting parrot, trying to peek from the outside in. We are now in him. He in us speak it forever. Live it forever. Mm-mm-mm. For you see, Galatians 2.20 I have been, I have been crucified with Christ. Is this reality to you? Do you identify with the cross of Christ or do you run away from the cross of Christ? Are you ashamed with that identification? Because then there is an issue. Then you can't identify with his life. Unless you pick up your cross, you cannot be his disciples. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is no longer your carnal self that has a right to live. Your carnal self is submitted to the Christ, to the cross of Christ. And these messages are lived out daily, daily, daily. It is not an attaining with an intellect. It is really a beholding of with the eyes of faith. It is a beholding of the only true king, the only one who sees me and you, and I through him see. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. 
Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. This is the mystery of faith. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, this life that I now live, it's not my life. This life I live in the flesh, I live by faith. By faith. Through this gaze of faith, through the hearing of faith, to only see the one who lives in the Son of God who loved me. That means I behold love himself and gave himself for me. I behold my worth in him and gave himself for me. This is the ultimate grace we will not set aside. What we set aside is the sin, the unbelief, the hardening of heart that so easily ensnares us. And so we are now constantly coming into the end of that carnal sight of wanting to see God and experience God through goosebumps and your outer man that counts for nothing. But to know that you now live in a reality of divine sight, the eye that sees you, the eye that sees you, who is he? The book of Revelation, the book of Revelation, John encountered him as he is now. John the beloved encountered him as he is now. And this is the ultimate encounter with the reality of the resurrected king of glory. Don't quit in your journey. Don't cave and give up in this race of faith. Press through the crowd of unbelief. The debris that come against you. Overcome, chomp, chomp, eat it up. Get strong today. Get strong today. Face it. Overcome it. Where have you come from and where are you going? Whose are you? Who do you serve today? Go back to the one you serve and submit to the only true king. Return in your mind back to the only one that loves you, who laid down his life for you. Return back to the one who's given you word to live his life here now. The life you live in the flesh, you live through his life. He alone is life eternal. This is the hope and the confidence we have of heaven. Is that we here right now in the flesh are living eternity out. And that looks like living in the very eye of the one that sees me. Living life before his gaze. So I can see through his gaze. He alone. And so, book of Revelation chapter 1, 12. Then I turn to see. We're talking about sight. There is a turning back to him so we can see him. Then I turn to see the voice that spoke with me. He speaks with us. 
He speaks with us. Because the word Paul tells us to the Corinthians, he speaks that when we turn to the Lord, the veil is lifted. The callousness of heart goes. The deafness of the ear departs. The dimness of the sight is shattered when you turn to him to see the voice that speaks to you today. And having turned, I saw, having turned, I saw, realign your gaze, realign your gaze. Don't cower in your moment, conquer the moment. Triumph over the moment. Don't touch it with your carnal mind. Don't touch it with your carnal mind. Keep walking as a soldier of Christ. Keep marching in this race of faith. Keep running. Keep overtaking. Keep, keep on keeping on. He walks this walk of faith through you. It is his faith, not your faith. It is the very faith of the Son of God that you're living out now. You have it. This is the mystery of the ages. He in me. He in you. You see, we've put too much emphasis on me and my own little faith. What can I do for God? That's foolishness. What can carnal men do for the eternal God? Absolutely nothing but reckon that outer man dead. So you can truly live. Going through these religious cycles, I haven't done enough for God. I haven't died. God, I need more faith. I need more faith. I must not have faith. I'm, I'm facing trouble. Overcome the trouble. He is already overcome. The one that lives in you has already overcome all the trouble you ever face. Because what overcomes the world, John says in, in 1 John, what overcomes the world? In, in 1 John 5, 4, I read, Whoever is born of God, you are born of God. You are born of God. If you're a Christian, you're born of God. You're not born of carnal means, trying to do life out of carnal impossibility. You are born of God. And if you're not a Christian, receive him today. Receive Jesus, the resurrector. Receive the very life of God. Let him be your savior, your master, your Lord, your shepherd, and follow after him. Follow after him. And now you're born of God. And whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. Do we believe truth? Yes, we do, because we are the very believers of God. Because we live through the faith of the Son of God. And this is the victory. This is that victory that has overcome this world. Our faith. The very faith of the Son of God. It's not me drumming up faith. Me doing the little loops and the little formulas. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 102. It is me knowing it's no longer I. It is me knowing that he alone is the one that sees me. And I have his gaze because I am born of God. Because I am born of God. John also writes. In John chapter 3, what does he write there? I'm sure we all know what John 3 writes about. The new birth. 
a new birth. Nicodemus coming, the ruler of the synagogue. The ruler of the Jews coming at night to Jesus, calling him rabbi. Identify him as teacher. Rabbi, he says to him, verse 2, we know that you are a teacher come from God. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Through his carnal sense, he, he could know this much. So many believers, even through the carnal sense, don't even know this. They call themselves believers and are constantly doubting the workings of God in their life. And the doubt. And the doubt. Come into life. Come into life. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born, unless, unless one is born again, unless one is born again, what you major on is your new birth. What you major on is this new birth from above. Not what your mama and your daddy did. How they failed or how they did that and now you do the same. Absolutely not. You have a brand new identity. You have a brand new identity. A brand new life. Even the word identity is so low. A tag we put on something. Do you know your identity? You don't know. Get stuck in carnal conversation. Grow up in faith. Grow up in faith. Grow up in life divine. Come into the maturity of the Son of God. You never lack identity there. You never have to go back to the one, two, three, who I am, who I'm not. I am born again. What does Jesus say? Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You see, we're not talking about a natural tuned sight. Tune, tune your gaze to Jesus, I've heard it say. Shut your carnal senses and you will see him because he himself sees through you. Last Sunday, I was so overwhelmed. I didn't post the recording, but I was so overwhelmed. I was about to start this message. And I could see him seeing through me unto himself. Seeing through me unto himself. And every moment of my life was laid bare before him. I was going to talk the eyes of faith, our little eyes that see him. It is his eye that sees all. It is his eye that sees all. Every intent, every desire, every hidden thing is laid bare before him. And that is the word. He is the word that sees us and loves us. And lay down his life for us. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5, Jesus continues, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, 
and the spirit. Of water and the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Flesh is flesh. Don't bring your flesh and tell me how spiritual you are. Flesh is flesh. Leads to death. Corruption. Nothing in it. Explaining why your flesh is so busted. Who cares? Flesh is always busted. Flesh is of the lower. Flesh is the very food of Satan. We are not that identity no more. We're not of that lower life. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You and I are born from above. We are born of God. We are born again and we are spirit. Non-devourable. Ha, ha, ha. Non-devourable. Right in the midst of what the enemy is taunting you being devoured, you are overcoming it all. Your sight, your gaze is his sight and his gaze. You are beholding him who's run the race and truly that is the very eye of him, faith himself. To move us forward in the things of the spirit. To bring forth immaturity. What does that look like? A conformity to the only living God. The word made flesh. For he so loved us, he gave himself to us. So we can have sight and be healed. So we can have a hearing escape the corruption of this world. Do not marvel, Jesus says, that I said to you, must be born again. Talking with unbelievers about this and that and something else. All he's going to tell them is you must be born again. Trying to do philosophy with them. They'll do circles around you and shut you up. Flesh is flesh. You must be born again is my only moment towards an unbeliever. You must be born again. We do cute little messages. Cute little messages. That keep people in carnality. As the ultimate frustration. To be a Christian, a born-again man of God, woman of God, and be stuck in carnality where there's a devourer of Satan. When we are from above, and we are above now where he is. Where is your mindset? It is the very mind of Christ that is from above, that beholds above. Jesus sees only one thing, his father. He said, it's the father in me who does the work. Who does the work of your life? What I mean by the work is the work of faith. The walking out of what, this Christian life. The very life of God, the life of Christ. He does it. He does it. He does it. It is he who 
brings forth conformity for it to will and to do according to his good pleasure. He, from the beginning to the end, the Alpha and Omega, and you, where are you? In him. In him. No longer you of the lower man, but Christ in you now, the hope of glory. Verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You start perceiving the movement of the Spirit. The movement of the Spirit that you now live in the very eyes of God. You live in the very sight of God. Back to the book of Revelation chapter 1. Let's continue. John sees Jesus, turns to Jesus to see the voice that spoke to him. Verse 12, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one, one, like the Son of Man. He is the one, the Son of Man. He is the only living God. The one that we're in now. There's only one. Clothed with a garment, <laughs> clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were, this is who he is. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes, these are the eyes we live in. And his eyes like a flame of fire. You live in the eyes that are like flame of fire. You live in the eyes that are flame of fire. He sees you through those eyes. He sees himself through you. It silences the kernel, man. This is the ultimate silencer to the wrong appetite of your life. A walk in the spirit. A walk in the very fire of his gaze. All of under the very love of God. A walk of life today. And his feet, sorry, his eyes like flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as if refined in a furnace. As if refined in a furnace. That word that has been refined. The pure word that brings forth a refinement in my life. The refiner's fire that chastens me, that brings forth conformity to his gaze and to his hearing. That opens up my ears and my sight from blindness unto light. So I be a light for him. And his voice as a sound of many waters. And continues. Now who is he? Who is he? Who is the one that John is seeing? Who is he? Book of Revelation again, chapter 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened. And behold a white horse. Revelation 19, 11. This is he. The soon coming king. The soon coming king. I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. 
And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. This is him. That's Jesus. Faithful and true he is to us forever. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes, what? Here we are. His eyes were like a flame of fire. Living in the eyes of him. Living in the mystery of faith is an open sight to his gaze. His gaze of fire. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, righteous robe dipped in blood. That is your and my righteousness, the very blood of Christ. Nothing else we can stand on before him with a pure conscience. But the very blood of Christ has brought forth a purging, a new creation man, a spirit man. right before the heavenly father who was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of god the word of god is my master today the word of god that i have been fathered again unto the word of god is his name turning to hear the voice that speaks so we can see, so we can hear him, so we can become as he is now. Living faith, living faith, because to us it has been given the right to know the mysteries. He doesn't speak to us in parables anymore. He makes it plain to us why and how through the Holy Spirit. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. What is the portion for the nations? Don't put on your TV to figure it out. You will not ever figure it out, but you will be delighted to deceive. This is what the word says. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should strike the nations. Bring forth an alignment according to the counsel of his will for this hour. Spectate him alone. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself, he himself, the eyes that see, the flames of fire, the double-edged sword that's coming out of his mouth. He himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. Who is our God? Well, we know 
that through the blood of Christ, the wrath has been and now towards us in Christ, appeased, appeased. That we now have a propitiation. We now have a substitute. So we can stand pure before our Heavenly Father. And he has on his rope and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is our God, Hebrews 4. Who is he? Who is he? The living one. The eyes that see. You and me complete in himself. Holding on to the headship of him alone. Four eleven Hebrews. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, that rest of faith that is fully been disclosed to us. Fully been disclosed to us. Freely have we received, and freely do we give out. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. What is the answer, the antidote to disobedience? A diligence to enter into the rest of faith. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to a division of soul and spirit. I hear, I've heard this be quoted so often. And yet the, the last part not quoted. And thus we never grow up in the fear of God. In the reverence of who he truly is. The living one. Who loved me. And lay down his life for me. So that I now no longer live. What? So that he now can fully live through me. That's glorious news. That is what the body of Christ is. The bride. Filled with his life to overflowing. A divine ordination of a walk on earth. That resembles him alone. A gaze of his that beholds himself alone. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And we just read who the word of God is. So it's not little letters on a page. It's not little letters on a page. This is living reality. Aha. Eyes of fire. The one that John saw in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, that we read of. And chapter 19, we read of. Piercing even to division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Verse 13. And there is 
and there is no creature hidden from his sight. It's all about his sight, not my sight. It's all about his sight. And now because I'm born again, I have his sight. And because I have his sight, I'll give an account to the intents of the heart that really laid bare before me. My intents of my heart are no mystery to me. They're no mystery to your own heart. It's not a mystery to you in light of you. Oh, I don't know why I did that. I don't know. I thought I was doing it for God. No, out of selfish ambition. If it's from a pure heart, the Bible says the pure heart, the ones that are pure of heart, they will see God. The pure of heart will never have a selfish ambition. All they'll see is God. All they'll see and all they want him to do through them is unto him. God. There is no creature hidden from his sight. This is in reference to the word of God. The soon coming king, the Lord of lords, the king of kings. There is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him. To the eyes of him to whom we must give account. All things are wide open to the eyes of him that we now live in. Live through and see through. Don't, don't callous your heart. Don't callous your heart. I've got so many verses. Maybe let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. That's what we can hear now. We can hear now Paul with greater understanding writing here to us. Chapter 115, Ephesians. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, that you walk in the eyes that see. In the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. We can, uh, there's another one, we pair it. With no meditation, making mention of you in our prayers unto the one that sees, unto the one that knows of your faith, that you are fully yielded to his living faith within you, walking in the manner of Christ on earth, in the faith of the Son of God. But the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding, that is cardia of your heart, being enlightened that you may know, that you may know, so you might see him who speaks. Speaks what to you? Hope, the hope of your coming. Where you've come from, where you're going. Submit to your master today. The hope of your calling. The riches of the glory of his 
inheritance in the saints that you are now part of a glorious body, a body of resurrection that the Father now does the work through you. You are an heir and a co-heir with Christ today. A portion for these good works that he has preordained for you to walk in. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Mighty Holy Ghost living in us because we are born of God. And because we are born of God, we have already overcome the world. This greatness of power that is exceeding the troubles found in the world. For greater is he that's in you than the one that's in the world. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Where are you today? The word goes on to say that he is now far above and where he is together with him. We've been raised there. That means I do have his sight. That means I do behold him as he through me is beholding himself preordained to be before him and see him alone. The NIV of that verse. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order you may know. The new living, I pray that your hearts be flooded with light to see him. And we know his word, the entrance of his word brings light. Makes all bare before you. Lay bare before you. In light, you see. I want the amplified. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which you have been called, to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. I want to look at the strongs. I ask that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the hope of his calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. The word eyes, I ask that the eyes of your understanding, the eyes is the Greek 3788, it is the eye, but figuratively it can be mind's eye. Your mind's eye. You see, you to bring down every stronghold that clutters your mind's eye called doubt and unbelief. Every argument stout against the word of God, you bring it low in your mind so you can see him or you allow him to see all things through you. So all things be laid bare before you. Every intent of your heart 
So be fully pleasing to him, living the faith of the Son of God. The eyes of your heart, that word heart, is Kardia 2588. The heart, mind, character, inner self, intention, center. This word heart, the word study of it is the effective center of our being. The eyes of this inner man that looks with the gaze of Christ through us. There, there's a reference to a scholar referring to this as desire producer that makes us tick. <laughs> that which moves us. That is our desire decisions that establish who we really are. The eyes of the inner man that defines who we really are. Or can I say better that knows who we really are. This word heart 2588 cardia is mentioned over 800 times in scripture, but never referring to the literal physical pump that drives the blood. That is heart. This word heart is only used figuratively, both in the Old and New Testament. And so today I pray that the eyes of him that sees all be uncluttered in your life. That you lay aside everything that so easily ensnares you and mars your vision of him. That you run this race with the very strength of God. That you fulfill his calling in your life. That you be full partaker. That you be a full partaker of divine nature to demonstrate he himself to the world. Glory be to God. We live where? In the eye that sees us. Amen. We are done for today.